You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. This is the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Nolan Superior Brewing Company. It is your host, David McKaig. And I'm sitting here inside the Game Entertainment and Media Studios enjoying a nice 55 lager from Northern Superior Brewing Company. Make sure you check them out on social media. That is Instagram, Facebook at Northern Superior Brewing Co. And also check out their website, northernsuperior.org. And they also do free local deliveries. If you're in the Sault Ste. Marie region, of course, check that out and take advantage of that because they are proudly brewed in the Sioux. Northern Superior Brewing Company, they're superior and it's a northern thing and oh this beer is absolutely delicious and it goes down nice and smooth especially when you're having a great broadcast such as this and all the broadcasts of the game sports show but here for top shelf i mentioned who i was david mckay jr i got justin heichel and alex parr going to alex parr alex my friend how are you oh my goodness i just had a great easter dinner i got chocolate coming out the wazoo how can i be in a bad mood dave oh you can't be and you're a Toronto fan, and they've won a they've won a good amount in a row, kind of making. I mean, kid. I, I mean, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts, but it probably won't be for that much longer before they inevitably break all three of our hearts. <laughs> now the other, the third individual who has been with the Game Sports Show since the beginning days, since him and I have had a job together back at Old G Casino in the marketing department. Oh, I feel bad for Justin for the amount of times I talked his ear off of a particular individuals on the lease i probably gave him a couple kinks in his neck if you will in terms of how he wanted to back off because i kept talking about it so much beside him justin heichel my friend how are you i'm doing good fellas it's good to be here uh coming off a big uh big week of fantasy hockey beat dane uh that's probably why he's not Oof. here this week hiding <laughs> gotta get the little, gotta get the little chirps in that's, uh, I, I won't go any further because I don't want to risk my luck through uh, the rest of the year. But uh, big win. Definitely. Now, Dane, if the listeners are curious, of course, who uh, comes home for the fall and the winter months, uh, is went back to Red Lake. He actually traveled back to Red Lake, and he still will make appearances on the show sporadically, but he is quite occupied out there. And I can imagine why he didn't even answer today because of losing a fantasy to Justin. And we all know how Dane can be. And it is certainly he. Yeah, gets, I was going to say that sounds exactly like Dane. Yeah, pretty frustrated in particular. Now, fellas, I said to you guys before we jumped on air, I had a bonus topic to bring up at the beginning, as I always do. I call it a bonus topic where maybe it makes more sense to throw a bonus at the end, but who cares? I said at the beginning. But before I jumped into that, I want to make sure I promote, of course, previous editions of the Game Sports Show uh, with our most recent. Special edition upload, special edition 36, of course, presented by Little Caesars Pizza Canada and Little Caesars Pizza, particularly in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and just generically overall, thanks to Little Caesars Pizza in general, but featuring Mike Zygamanis 
from being a player to a broadcaster part two. You can check it out on our website. And speaking of our website, you'll see that there are some updating going on in kind of in motion currently. So there might be a couple pages that are getting revamped, but within the next 24 to 72 hours, we hope to have everything back up there. But there's been some great updates courtesy of Thrush Creative Co-President Aaron Robinson. But going back to the plug of our special edition, make sure you check that out on our website or, of course, on all of the platforms that you can find the Game Sports Show. And you can also check out all the episodes of the Game Sports Show by going to the Episodes tab and checking up to date with the recent content. In particular, yesterday, myself and Connor Henderson had a great Strike Zone edition upload. Even prior to that, there was a great edition of The Hot Seat just going into the long weekend last weekend. Loads to check out. And questions I've been getting has been the ESPN 1400 edition that has been postponed this week, of course. Again, because of local broadcasts and basketball. And speaking of basketball, tonight is the night for the national championship. Certainly going to be exciting. We will have a and one edition tomorrow. With yours truly, and we do plan to have EJ Russell and Tyler Willette will be joining yours truly on that show. And maybe Scott Nason, he, but he is tentative just based on his schedule this week. So that's my plugs with everything going on this week on the Game Sports Show platform. Make sure you check out thegamesportshow.com and our Facebook and Instagram pages at the Game Sports Show. Now, fellas, going to that topic I said that I was going to bring up here firstly on Top Shelf, presented by North Superior Brewing Company. While I have a quick sip of a 55 lager, and mm, I wanted to have a nice live sip of that while I was talking. Never really done that on radio. Had to do it. Alex, I'm going to you first with this question. I was sitting down at a family gathering this weekend, of course, following the right policies in place with COVID-19, lockdown 3.0 in Ontario. Fantastic. And at one of those family gatherings, I could say which one it was. There was two that I had this week on Saturday, Sunday, and again, happy Easter to everyone uh, this, from this past weekend. I had someone tell me that why do they have press conferences after the game? Now, hold on for me with this topic for a second. Let me kind of explain this for about 30 to 45 seconds-ish. They said you have press conferences with players, with coaches, and it's the same generic answers. You, you get those generic questions, and a lot of the questions are either – some shit-ass questions, I'll say flat up, off the ground, or some of them are fantastic questions. A lot of criticism with the questions. If they're good, they're talking about other players. Should they be talking about the players more, the coach? Or you have a coach coming in saying, oh, we should have back-checked harder. We should have forward-checked harder. If you have someone like uh, Sutter or Tortorella, they don't even want to be up there. Now, the big thing is, involving these press conferences after the games now, you have, you have a lot of sports. We're friends with ESPN, of course. We're on ESPN radio. So you got ESPN or you got TSN, you got Sportsnet, you got Fox, you got whatever kind of platform that's right there, a media company that's there for the interviews. Obviously, they're getting that for the content. Okay, but I had someone bring up a kind of a point saying that why don't they save those press conferences for those articles online or for when they're showing the highlights in the game? maybe at a cut-in at some point if it's you know uh, a worthy conference or kind of to do an analysis in particular about a game opposed to always just cutting to it, stopping the feed and having those press conferences in general, saying that who really cares to hear the press conferences after the game? And I was asked this, of course, because of where we are as a sports business, of course, and a sports show, I guess I should say more appropriately overall. And let me tell you, of course, we would like to have interviews with any player, any kind of platform, if it's a, if it's a full interview upload or if it's a press conference. So definitely it's needed in the media realm. But I certainly get the point of the fans of who truly needs to have those press conferences. Why do they have to show them? 
and quote unquote from this individual, who really cares? Part, I want your comments with where your take and stand. If maybe they shouldn't air those press conferences all the time, make it more of a rarity or just kind of cut them out. Uh, these players make so much money that people feel like their time is sort of owed to the fans and to the media. Um, but I don't know, like you said, the questions are boring. The answers are worse because the players, especially in the NHL, can't show their personalities. It's something I've said a lot, actually. It's just, uh, it's too cookie cutter. It's too cut and dry. The superstars can't show their personalities because it's just not something that the NHL likes to promote. So, I mean, if you could have these players show their true side, like Eric Carlson, when he's eating his apple, telling off the reporter for asking him if that was the best offensive night of his career. Like that was one of those one off moments from a press conference that was funny and entertaining and actually had some more value than just, yep, stuck to the game plan, pucks deep, pucks on the net, the normal stuff. If this league would let the players be themselves and express themselves, I'm sure those press conferences would offer a little bit more than just the, the uh, scratching the surface level of a typical hockey answer. Hey, Alex, before we go over to Justin, you worked obviously in media, and we're not going to go into names or anything. I flat out will say that as it is right now. Uh, at me if you want. Uh, but nonetheless, you, with being in that kind of realm and being in that business, Okay, we have friends that are in businesses. I'm good friends with other companies locally and outside of here as well who obviously support the Game Sports Show. And we have an article section on our site. We have only put one article up because it happened post or prior to COVID happening. Uh, then when COVID happened, we halted doing articles because we wanted to be face-to-face kind of written articles. We had a different procedure with that. But for, for a lot of that, those outlets of media, they depend on that and you were one that was involved in doing media work that is it imperative that that was part of your of your description or do you think it's imperative for a lot of companies to have that a part of their content or can they substitute it for other things easily i mean there's so many ways to to create media it doesn't always have to be the same i mean you've got like it's for the leafs for example you've got before covid 50 guys all surrounded one they are all going to come out of there with the same answer and the same quotes for their content. I mean, if they could think of something else to make their content for, by all means, go ahead. I don't think it's necessary, but I mean, people don't really want to hear from me per se. They would rather hear from the people that they're paying to watch or they're watching on TV and so on and so forth. Justin, what your reaction with this? You know, it's, from somebody who obviously enjoys who we've all been involved in the media of course but also uh, you watch all the sports you know in particular as we all do but obviously you being known with the hockey and the football realm it seems like different you know like march madness for example that we currently have uh, it almost seems like those storylines that they have at the end of the game espn of course having the women's national championship with stanford getting a win uh, yesterday that social distance interview right on the court something quick then they went right back of course late earlier this year with the lakers winning the championship they had lebron do an interview on the court it felt like for 15 minutes he was talking so i felt like that wasn't a great example for doing something as a conference uh, then after the game he's doing more press conference right and uh, overall as someone who enjoys watching sports just as much as you enjoy being involved in it, Justin, is is it? Do you agree with Alex's point, even with my point about how you know potentially this should be something considered to be taken out of the content that is being provided? 
I mean, I definitely agree it's overkill sometimes because, I mean, I mean, we've gone from, you used to have the days where a big game, like playoff games or end of the season, you know, it comes down to this game and the, the Flyers or the Leafs, whoever wins, goes to the playoffs. You know, like they used to have conferences after those games, asking the players what happened, asking the coaches what happened. That's interesting stuff. The Like, you know, the emotions high, the levels, high, like everyone's emotions are there. Every game now, you got Montreal hammer, the Senators hammer Montreal 6-3. Carey Price, how do you feel? How the fuck do you think I feel? <laughs> like, everybody knows. Everybody knows how he feels. Hey, uh, Steve, I see your dog just got hit by this truck. How do you feel about that? Fucking great. Feels great. Feels awesome. That's how I feel about it. Like, I, I think our, our issue here in Canada, and there's what we we have the our, our NHL teams, but all of them are owned or at least partially owned by a major media entity. And so the owners have the access to these players in theory because they own them. And so if we have to fill one of our you know, TSN 7, 8, 9, 12 with something, we might as well put these press conferences on. And since we axed half of our analysts and broadcasters and everything else, we don't really have anything else to put on TV. The that's where we're getting these conferences. I mean, and like you said, it's the same boring questions over and over again. You ask the guys the second period, you ask them in the third period, and now you're going to ask them at the end of the game. Like, we already know. And every once in a while, you get a beautiful soundbite or something, like, you know, a torts clip or things like that. But it's it's really not worth it to piss off these players. See, and we've been there, Justin and Alex. We've been there where we've had to use content on a specific broadcast. And we had interviews to plug in those. I get that point. That is a very good point, Justin. But at the end of the day, if you're looking for that content – I feel like there's obviously now being more experienced in the realm, there's more ways to get into it. And just hearing that question, every question that I hear, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's always about another player, right? For example, when John Tavares gets an interview, he brought up one of the, okay, he brought up Galchenek in his first goal. How's that feel? I liked that question. But sometimes when you get a question like, oh, you know, there was a time that this didn't happen. I'm just taking a quote out of the air here. But oh, when Morgan Riley had the puck and he tried to go end to end there and, you know, he got the puck stripped off him. Then it caused a two on one. And, you know, they after that two on one, it was a cross ice pass and able to score in Hutchinson. What do you uh, what do you think could have been done better there? Like those type of questions. Well, what the fuck do you think could have been done better there? Maybe Morgan should have moved the puck or dumped it in or just not given the fucking puck away. Those are your three answers, you know, to that question. And it's just some of those questions that they're trying to get something and trying to get an answer. And that's why Tortorella, right? There's a guy that says, what a fucking stupid question. Like, you know, when he says, I love it. I can picture his face. Oh, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful when he does shit like that. Yeah, and he, and he calls it out. And even when he was on TSN... When he was on the quiz, Justin, you could probably, and Alex, you, you, what did he always say to the questions? <laughs> what do you always say? What kind of fuck? He didn't swear, I don't think. Yeah. No, he didn't swear, but like, what kind of question? Like, it wasn't, <laughs> everything was serious to him, and not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, do, did you watch the TSM broadcast where they asked if Hyman's going to make the 2022 yes. Canadian Olympic team? Yeah. Like, Thank so you pick for- your pick your poison. Do you want to listen to a shit conference or do you want to listen to stupid questions asked asked and answered by people that don't play? Like uh, pick your poison. And, and like, to be honest, I'd rather and like like Alex touched on earlier. Like they don't these players aren't allowed to have any personality. They aren't allowed to do anything outside of the brand. 
really. I mean, aside from a little bit you see this year where Matthews is customizing his skates and stuff like that, but he's... And that's like groundbreaking shit. And I mean, that's every day in the NFL. That's every day in the NBA. But a hockey player puts a little skyline on his stick and his skates and, whoa, stop the presses. This is insane. Like, like why? It's fucking 2021. Why is it taking so long for players to be able to express themselves without getting slapped on the back of the hand? Well, like, I just think we're in a different time now. Like, people don't want the same interviews we were getting in the 90s. We have the instant analysis. We know what's going on. We know how these players feel because these players are out there telling us how they feel after the game. And so, I mean, you don't really need, I would rather a piece in between, you know, in between periods where you have someone interviewing, say, Austin Matthews, and he's talking about what he does, you know, in in his downtime or what kind of charity he's working on or give him a little bit of exposure, give him time to talk about, I mean, maybe some players don't want to talk about their charitable work or things like that. But give them exposure that way just to talk about themselves a little bit versus the same fucking questions every night over and over again. I mean, do something different. I mean, be a league that does something different like that. Honestly, when it comes down to it, and we've spent a bit more time than I thought I would on this, which is fine, but obviously it's great that we did so. But it's I feel like it's a conversation that isn't talked about because media companies can't talk about that. And people are going to ask me, Dave, well, you're on a media you're partnered up with a media company on, on a, through a radio and you're a media company, hundred percent. And they're right. You know, but the, I'm not afraid to talk about this stuff because we just can't, because we have our own, we get to have our own agenda freely despite having these partnerships. Thankfully that's a big part of the game entertainment media and the game sports show is that we have our own agenda with it. We promote, but we have our own agenda with it. And I feel like there's something that will not be talked about because it's out of their realm to talk about it, but it's something that, is rarely brought up but only people complain about it on the couch but guess what everyone still sits their fucking asses on the couch and watches it anyways that's it that, and that's the whole point of it and it's it comes to a point of when i when i people go oh totorello was rude to the media again yeah i can imagine being that guy that totorello said to screw off and that's a stupid question you idiot like i remember the guy with phil kessel and this guy in toronto i forget who it was justin you probably remember better than anybody else here between even me and alex because you being a big phil kessel fan where he said oh this guy's such an idiot here you know when that guy's saying that like yeah i was steve simmons oh <laughs> well i mean he, he hit the nail on the head with that one well, yeah, that's it's like the, yeah, I don't have anything nice to say about Steve Simmons. So, well, I mean, he the reason we're talking about him is exactly what he wants, so he's doing it right. Yes, and that's where you know what it comes down to that it's fine and dandy to have these press conferences like it is, but now I'm I'm stepping in and saying that I think there should be a little bit of change with it. I don't think my voice is obviously going to create the change; it's not going to happen. But it'd be awesome to see them stop with all this because you know who's has a lot of it last night of course jay uh, of course on tsn now it's not jay and dan it's jay and he had a lot of those interrupts with the now or new on sc of course and sc of course being tsn and affiliate with espn so treading thin water like <laughs> make sure i'm treading nice here so you have you had those and that's the content that they want to provide and they feel like they had the best feedback from it and they had to fill that time with it and after a game they're giving that coverage and it's great to see but 
truly, it feels like the fans don't really care to hear that. They'd rather have those interesting stats or those interesting videos or kind of reaction videos from experts breaking down certain plays that cause certain goals. Like shout out to Rob Shrimp with 44 Vision Hockey, how he's breaking things down. Of course, a friend and sponsor here on the Game Sports Show. Uh, just that kind of where he breaks down plays and visions about what happened on the ice to cause that play. It's just very cool uh, to see. So I'd like to see them start re- changing away from that. But nonetheless, I will just leave there and digress with that. Unless you guys have any final topics. You guys good? Or any final points, I should say. I mean, I feel like we could go for a little while on this, but I'm going to back out of it for now. And maybe we re- revisit this topic at another time. Alex, yeah, no, that's about it. Ask better questions. <laughs> like that's that. my final. That's my final point. It's David McCaig here with Justin Heichel and Alex Parr for our Top Shelf Edition presented by No Spirit Brewing Company. I'm going to remind listeners that we have been doing shows sporadic with commercials or commercial free. I saved it for now to make a tease. This will be commercial free, but as I mentioned off Strike Zone yesterday, this will be a plug. Instead of commercials and speaking of plug, I've already talked about North Superior Brewing Company. Why don't I bring up, of course, Living Sisu? Okay, I want to give a shout out to Zach for calling. Give Living Sisu a check on Instagram. Of course, the whole platform of Living Sisu and the podcast that Zach has been sharing. Just a great overall fantastic platform for athletic wear and you get involved with all of the products that they have to offer. You can check out Living Sisu through Instagram. As I mentioned, Living S-I-S-U is the brand, and I already gave a shout-out to Rob Shrimp with my other plug. And my other plug that I'm going to mention out here is Sports Center Bar and Grill, home of our and one. And in the pocket edition, Sports Center Bar and Grill, the Sioux's best sports bar, five years in a row, row, sorry, and the best wings in town for two years. So why don't you order pizza, order wings, and order a nice local delivery batch from North Superior Brewing Company 55. Of course... Make sure you also consider having an order from Little Caesars as well as Mike Flamia being involved with Little Caesars Pizza. He obviously is a franchise, but he is a local business owner. Support that local business owner and purchase the food that they offer and down all those delicious food products from those restaurants with a nice North Superior Brewing Company pipe. So there's my plugins for now as we continue this commercial free quote-unquote, edition of Top Shelf. I'm going to go into some trade deadline discussion, fellas. And part of this kind of goes nicely with our most recent special edition upload uh, with Mike Zigamanis, part two. Uh, you can check out, he was obviously involved in that brawl with Phil Kessel and John Scott. Fantastic coverage right there. But he gave his take about some trade deadline about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, of course, uh, you have a lot of teams right now that don't know if they're selling, teams that don't know if they're buying, teams that know they're buying but they don't want to pay a price there's a lot going on especially with a flatline cap right for the next uh, couple years that you're going to see in the national hockey league it seems like this trade deadline everyone's hoping for a busy trade deadline but i'm going to go last on this point alex uh, are we expecting a busy deadline is it going to be slow but even on top of that what team do you have as a buyer what team do you have as a seller now at this point getting your update on that and even some players that you want to shoot out that might be on the move I just don't even know if anything's going to happen anymore. I really thought it was going to be busy because I thought teams that were in the bottom, even two-thirds of the league, were going to have pressure on by their owners to shed cap. But, I mean, what moves have happened so far? Eric Stahl is the only one that really comes to mind right off the top of my head right now. I thought trades would kind of be trickling through as teams had different 
bye weeks per se, not really, but just spaces in their schedule. Um, the Canadian government changing the the quarantine uh, length from about two weeks to one week. Still, like I said, only that one trade. I just figured something would happen more so, and I don't really know if anything hasn't happened yet that anything's really going to explode on Monday. And I mean, come Monday, I feel so bad for those guys on those panels that have to be there from what, 8 a.m. till 3 p.m.? Because I don't even think they're going to have anything to talk about. The three teams that have a lot of names, Columbus, Savard, and Tolino, you've got Detroit, Bernier maybe, Glendening maybe, Nashville with Grandland and Ekholm, but I feel like these are all moves that would have already been made so you can get the most out of those players. And since nothing's happened, I I think it's going to stay relatively quiet from here on out. You have any, any players in particular that if you think it's going to be moves that really stick out in your mind? I feel like the only one that's really got to go is Taylor Hall, just based on he is doing nothing. That team is doing nothing, and he's not there to do nothing. I mean, two goals, not good enough. 19 points in 37 games is not ideal, but I mean... It's just the cap hit. I don't think Buffalo is going to ride it out and pay him out. I feel like they'll take 50% of the salary and trade him to God. Like, I don't even know. Like, what's Taylor Hall worth? I mean, like last year, it was Barclay Goudreau going for a first round pick. I mean, what's the value of these players this year? It's got to be so different. And I don't even know if it's that much. That's a big point where Hall had an $8 million contract this year with the 50%. He's a $4 million cap hit at the halfway point of the season. So if you trade Taylor Hall, Buffalo is probably going to have to do some retention of half on that salary. So you got to think of maybe a two points. Well, I guess you go, go one, seven, five, or if you're going to at least get them down to 2.5 and something in that realm uh, to try to get a move to a team that is a contender. Cause a lot of teams that are contenders are right up against the cap. Right. And if you want to give a name to about a team, that's Toronto is right up against the cap, not saying they're going after Taylor Hall, but I'm just giving you an example to listeners out there. So that's why you bring up a great point there, Alex, with Taylor Hall is Buffalo's got to do some retention, which I'm sure that they would if they got the right value, but for Taylor Hall, they're apparently offering or trying to ask for a first round pick and a prospect and there's even been rumors of a first a second and a prospect or first and second and a roster player and i don't think it's no there's no way do you do you think taylor hall's worth that right now i don't not at all definitely not just no he's he's a he's a draft pick right now second and and maybe a second maybe a second round pick 100 percent now now if they're before we go to justin alex of course you mentioned taylor hall is there a team right now that is a uh, not in the north division because we know there's sellers in the north division one for sure maybe two and the third team might not be playing for the very near future which we'll get to out of the side of the north division what team do you peg as a seller right now that teams are just going to attack and i'm going to throw a little loophole in here outside of buffalo (laughs) it's hard to say i mean there's a lot of teams in tight races in the central like but at the oh well i guess it's to be an american to an american team but i don't know why but i'm looking at these standings and i feel like taylor hall to the hurricanes makes sense what do you guys think about that oh there we go sorry i've muted myself i mean the uh like the hurricanes are a powerhouse right now i think it's a little touch and go and goal for them 
But uh, I mean, the only thing is, is that they've got the they've got the Panthers at 56 points. They've got the Lightning at 54. The Hurricanes at 53. Now they're pretty comfortably in a spot. But right now, with the team they have, do you think they make it out of that division in the playoffs? I probably say no. I probably say no. They, don't. they, they need a little extra. There's got to be something that gives them the edge. And I mean, like, I think they're a hungry enough team, but they need that, like, X factor on, like, a second, third line. Like, that guy that can rotate in the middle six. I don't necessarily know that Taylor Hall's going to end up on their top line I, until... I don't think he should he's... either, if they're rolling like they are. I don't think he no, touch I mean, that. No, he's got to shake off the Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, I think on any team, he slots perfectly into like a mid-six role. It's just a matter of what you got to pay to get him, and I I wouldn't want to get rid of a player. Yeah, and there's no chance that you're giving up a first, a second, and a prospect to put Taylor Hall on your third line for half a season. No, God no. Buffalo needs to be punished for whatever they created this year. You don't get prospects. You get a draft pick. (laughs) That's where you want to backtrack. There's teams that are willing to trade prospects. We know one GM who's close to home that is willing to trade the right player for the right player. Like I don't know what in his mind the right player would be for a prospect this year. Uh, But if you're mentioning guys like Lilia Grin, for example, and I'm going to Toronto for this point, a B-level prospect, they say, and they say Robertson's an A-level prospect. Those are the difference. If I'm getting a B-level prospect in Liliagrid, what value does he retain back? Is that a Taylor Hall? I wouldn't trade Liliagrid for Taylor Hall right now. That's my point. I truly wouldn't trade, trade him for that. Like, side note on that statement, do you not think that maybe that statement was a little bit of, like, mental terrorism towards any of the top prospects that maybe are underperforming a little? Yeah. I would say so. Maybe might just be totally bluffing and, you know, getting the Toronto media going crazy. Oh, the Toronto media never goes crazy. They don't eat things up and blow them out of proportion. What are you talking about? And then and then you got a couple kids that are maybe underperforming or not handling things the way you'd like them to, so you get them uh, straightened up a little bit. If I'm a team that's kind of licking my chops a little bit, I know they have, of course, you know, <laughs> they – I didn't think they would do as good as they are, and it's the Florida Panthers. Okay, at the cap space right now, and this is as per cap friendly. Uh, Justin, I know you, of course, close knit with cap friendly, but that'll be for another time to discuss. 2.973 million in cap space. They have all their picks. They have an extra seventh from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they're paying a lot of money to specific players, such as, of course, um, they're paying like Hornquest 5.3, 34 years old for the next three years. They're paying next to fuck off for Hiberto and, and, and Alexander Barkov, or should I say Sasha Barkov. Uh, on the point, of course, you have uh, Aaron Blad, who's on LTIR now, which is so unfortunate, right? There, there's like that was so that's so freaky to see what, what happened to him. And they obviously have been playing extremely well. I think that's a team that's licking their chops. Uh, to go after specific teams that maybe have been looking to get rid of a defenseman, teams that look like sellers that they did at one point, the Nashville Predators. I don't think they're going to be selling. I don't. I really. Do, I really don't think they're going to be selling like teams thought. And Justin, I'm actually going to go to you last. I'll jump in on this point. Is that in terms of teams being sellers, I think the Devils are going to be a team that's going to try to sell. I don't know if the Rangers and Flyers will, but I think the Flyers should truly consider 
trying to sell a certain point, trying to move some players. But I think the Devils are interesting. I think they're going to try to move like a Subban contract to try to get some asset for it. Uh, you know what? There's a guy, uh, Severson, who hasn't really worked out as much as they would want him to after being a huge standout in junior. Maybe there's a guy that can move out that maybe Florida would like to look at trying to get. I just Buffalo is definitely that team open for business. I've always been a fan of Rasmus Ristolainen. I'm not saying that for Toronto. Don't quote me on that. I'm not saying Toronto's going after him. and I'm not saying the two go after him. I just think that's a very good name that maybe teams could look at trying to bring in. Colin Miller, of course, who hasn't really worked out. Friend of the show with the Buffalo Sabres. There's a guy that can maybe even go over to Florida. He did really well in the playoffs for Vegas when they were in there. He actually scored the first playoff goal in Vegas Golden Knights history. Fun fact for you. I just think there's going to be a good amount of sellers and teams that are buying. You got the teams. You got the Panthers, Lightning. I, the Canes, I don't think, will do as much. I think the Penguins are going to buy a little bit. I feel like they don't really – they always give away a first-round pick. I feel like they're just going to do that to try to get like a Nick Foligno or something. But the team that really kind of stands out for me to try to maybe be a buyer, how it's really panned out, is obviously is the Minnesota Wild. They might make some good roster moves, but they don't have to change a lot of that makeup of that roster. So it's going to be interesting, but I feel like Florida is going to be the team that's licking their chops a little bit. They don't have a whole ton of cap space, but they have some flexibility to make moves and they can target teams a lot and they have a lot of assets that they can give up. If I was Florida, this is the year that I'm trading my first round pick. This is the year that I'm looking at trading the backup goalie Drager, who's been playing really well. You have Knight coming through the ranks, Bobrovsky, who's been struggling, but you can't move that bullshit of a contract you have uh alexia hump niami who's there who i feel like should have a chance in the national hockey league as well so uh, they have a good a good surplus of defensemen in there obviously with gustav farsling uh Nutavera, mckenzie Weger. they have some pieces there that they can move to get some assets so watch out for florida in my opinion to be an absolute buyer and to teams that they're gonna look at justin I mean, I agree with the New Jersey Devils thing. I think the Devils are going to try to shed some cap space. They do have some players that would be assets. I mean, obviously they've benched Paul Mary now, um, or uh, apparently have benched Paul Mary and see how that shakes out going into next week. Uh, but I think a lot of teams, like the, everyone's just, because it's so hard to move salary right now, everyone's kind of just committed to the rosters they have. I mean, the taxi squad's given teams a little more room to breathe this year, and so you you have that inherited depth within the taxi squad. I think whatever team can kind of bury some guys on you know, an, an IR spot and bring them back in the playoffs and hide some salary that way is going to be of a, a, a benefit. But I don't know. Like I just I, as a Leafs fan, I don't, I don't really want to see them make any moves. I kind of like how everything's going right now. I. You know, if I was an Oilers fan, I'd maybe like to see them try to bring in a little bit of secondary scoring depth. But it has to be out there, and it has to be at the right price because the Oilers are kind of cap frigged. Like they don't, uh, they don't have a lot of assets that they can trade back. They're big salary guys that that you don't want to keep already. So I mean, I, I just I think it's a tough year to try to make things work. And then with the whole border thing, I mean, Canadian teams are probably looking to trade within Canadian teams. And one of them just dropped off the radar. I mean, you're not going to be trading with Vancouver anytime soon because you'd have to assume there's a 14-day quarantine just coming out of the Vancouver locker room. So it's uh, it's kind of tricky times. 
definitely going to get into Vancouver. It'll be one of the last topics we get to. But the last point I want to bring up with the deadline, Justin, going to you and then Alex, back to me. Uh, I want you to bring up a team, one team, putting you right on the spot with this. So it's going to give you a little bit of time to kind of think about what I'm going to say. Pick a team and pick a player that they should go after, whatever position. So I'm going to go to Justin first, Alex, then myself, and then we'll segue into our third and final, well, topic of sorts before we do the wrap-up portion. Justin. Here, I'm just going to toss a totally crazy one out there. Sure. The New Jersey Devils retain 75% of the salary and fucking trade P.K. Subban to the Canadians for a playoff run. <laughs> <laughs> 75%? Can't do 75%. I know. 50. Well, here, that's why I said it's crazy. It's cool. They bent the rules. They got the approval from the government. So you're saying realistically, though, you're saying 50% going to that. Yeah, 50 people you'd have to because there's no other way to yeah. make it work. Oh, I like that. I like it. So that if, if you're Montreal, are you hoping that's going to happen? Or are you just going to throw this as a curveball to just be excited? I'm just throwing it out there to be a shit disturber, more or less. I mean, to be honest, if I'm a Habs fan, I'd, I'd be pretty happy if he came back. I think P.K. Subban would have the biggest fire lit under his ass if he went back to Montreal. I think he would be so pumped to play there again. I, I, I think it would work for it'd be, both he'd be sides. Old, but he'd be old P.K. That's... You'd have to swallow so much pride if you're Mark Bergevin, though. I don't know if he can do that. Well, he hasn't had a, he hasn't had a haircut in months. He can't. Uh, his <laughs> rattled anyways. That flow is fucking sick. I'm not going to lie, that flow, but I don't think anyone has better flow right now almost. Actually, no, I shouldn't say there's a lot of players that flow. Tanev, Vasilevsky has mad flow. A lot Carlson's of flow. like the poster boy of flow. Yeah, he is. Good point. Good point. Par, how about you? What crazy or what scenario if you're a team looking to you see maybe what would you, you know, what's your wish list or what do you have uh, for a player going to a team potentially or what would you like to see happen if you want to pick a team and choose what they should go after. What would I like to see happen? P.K. Zuban and the Canadians would be hilarious. It would be a nice topic to talk about. But, I mean, I'm going to play it on the side of caution. I think Echo Holmes, the writing's on the wall. There's too much value in there for Nashville, who is right now pretending that they're a good team, so they're thinking maybe holding on. But, like, come on, you're not going to get out of the first round, even if you make the playoffs. And I look at the North Division, and I see Edmonton, out of all the playoff teams, they've let in the most goals by... A decent margin. I feel like you could use a little bit of help on that back end, and I think it just makes a lot of sense. But like I said to start this whole topic, I don't think many things are going to happen at the trade deadline. So um, I wouldn't really take anything that we say in these suggestions with any more than a grain of salt because teams are strapped. They can't do much. to do now everyone probably thinks i was going to go the toronto route but we've had that discussion i've already said if they can add a forward that would be ideal uh, if they can add a third ish goaltender but the way hutch played maybe you don't have to uh, so i guess i don't really know if you want many people to answer on behalf of being toronto fans uh, depends on what you're going after i think realistically uh if they added some another like a, a galchenek's been playing really well uh, on the line that he is on but if they can add a, a forward at that level at a very cheap price for the remainder of this year i think that would be the good route to go i know a lot of teams that they're kind of been referring to as nashville and columbus columbus with nick felino and david savard i think that'd be a lot to trade up and that's a lot of cap you'd have to 
to move Kerfoot. Uh, Kerfoot, of course, $3.3 million on the bottom six. It's a lot of money. But again, you had Kadri playing third line center too, was making 4.25 at the time. So you can't, you kind of, kind of think it through where Toronto, where the changes need to be. Of course, if they need to add, it should be maybe in that top six. But also, it's just trying to maintain consistency. Maybe they should acquire some consistency. Maybe at the trade deadline, if that's a thing. But a team that I wanted to maybe see and maybe kind of look at, just absolutely saying, you know what? Let's just go all in. And say screw it. I've already said Florida, but I'm going to say a crazy trade scenario, okay? And uh, people may look at it and think that it's insane, but that's totally fine because that's that's just the way it is. Crazy trade scenario: Anaheim Ducks will trade Ryan Getzlaff, and Ryan Getzlaff will go to the Florida Panthers. That's my crazy trade of the day that I feel. And a bold prediction trade, Patrick Marlowe gets traded from the San Jose Sharks to a contender. But even outside of that, he goes back to Toronto for a conditional seventh-round pick to kind of be an in-and-out player on that roster to add to the old-age pension that's going on to some of those Toronto players. No offense to Spencer, who's been sick. But my bold trade, as I mentioned, is Ryan Getzlaff getting dealt. And I just – I know he's been a legend – with the Anaheim Ducks, of course, but he only has three goals. He has 15 points and 36 games are rebuilding. He has a contract that, of course, isn't the most friendliest of contracts. He is getting $8.25 million. But this, of course, being his contract year, you got to imagine that, you know, there might be, a, of course, a free agent, you know, we could probably consider moving else from elsewhere. But I think that this is a time where the Ducks cash in on an investment. They continue with that youth movement and Getzlaff goes to the Florida Panthers. Call me crazy, Parr, Justin, or am I? Uh, on behalf I- of all Leafs fans, that Marlowe suggestion, absolutely not. I don't know. <laughs> that was no, no. The guy couldn't yeah, stay two years into his contract with the Leafs, and now that's two years after that. Like, those knees are just going to both blow out, and he's going to spin out like an awful NASCAR crash. No, 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 no. Get that guy a walker and as far away from Toronto as possible. Uh, you don't think- I don't need him taking any time away from Toronto Maple Leafs legend Jason Spencer. Oh, what about putting, uh, putting him no. on the fourth line? You know? No, or- no, no. Well- Oh, I would love to. Uh, who, who on the Leafs are you taking off for fucking Patrick Marlowe? He's going to sit in the press box is where Patrick Marlowe is going to sit. I know you might then not. Why, then why, why are you trying to trade a pick for him? Uh, get a Stanley Cup. Get the boy a Stanley Cup. No, we're not play. doing charity work know. here. <laughs> I, I wanted to say something crazy. There's my crazy. It's not as crazy as Subban, but. I balanced it out with my realistic Getzlaff trade, I think. No, or is the Getzlaff far-fetched? I just, the Getzlaff one was reasonable, but then you went totally off the fucking rails. Hey, it wouldn't be me unless I went off the fucking rails. Yeah, that, but that was pretty far. Somebody take this mic from this guy. What's going on? Uh, we're having fun here today. Top Shelf Edition presented by North Superior Brewing Company. And a quiz. What beverage did I say I was drinking, fellas, at the top of the show from North Superior 55. Brewing Company? Yeah, there we go. Everyone was paying attention. Now, what do you think listeners should do after hearing me promote Northern Superior Brewing Company? Alex? We'll buy some merch. I mean, 
I mean, maybe you're not a beer drinker. Maybe you're under the legal drinking age, but I know you like some dope merch and you can go in there and get some. I know somebody likes dope merch. I saw your high school grade nine picture. You had some good swag going on. That was pretty cool. Eh? I thought I was a pretty cool guy in that one. <laughs> oh, the hat sideways, the track pants up, and the Hollister shirt, I think it was. With, yeah. with the Hollister shirt tucked into the track pants. I mean, it's a look, man. I want to say I'm a fashion icon. You know what? I'm going to say it. Fashion icon, Alex Parr. That's how Justin looked in high school. <laughs> Poor guy. Fuck. Uh, it's it's pretty well been like uh, the Carhartts and hoodie for about the last 25 years. That's if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. That's how I operate. Apparently, I'm popular with the hipsters now, though. I see all these kids wearing toques around. I yeah, Carhartt's popular, man. I literally haven't been in high school for 13 years. Justin, that's, I, I, that's I, probably good. I know that's a good point. Two of my schools have closed. One got bulldozed down, which is absolutely hilarious too. But nonetheless, fellas, final topic that I wanted to bring up here before we kind of go to our conclusion portion. we got a couple minutes here. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. I know this has been talked about a lot in the media, so we're not going to go in terms of jumping into too much uh, detail about it uh, because everyone knows 20-plus cases. It's not just COVID. It feels like it's like the mutated form of COVID. It seems like BC has been in a little bit of trouble with it, obviously. And the Vancouver Canucks had their games postponed this week, obviously. I'd be very surprised if they played next week. So I want to go around the horn quick. Alex, you first, about what the league should do about the Vancouver Canucks in terms of the rest of the season. Uh, if if it is true that they have to miss next week in games, which I believe will be almost just under 10 games, if I have corrected. I think it might be just slightly under, just slightly over, around that area, at the amount of games that they're going to be missing. How do they make that up? Uh, didn't they already say that some of the games that have been postponed have already pushed the regular season as far as it can go? Am I is that right? Am I wrong? I did hear that, didn't they? Uh, I, I believe the season has been now extended to the max it can possibly be. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you shut down the Canucks? They're not in a playoff spot. They're nowhere near a playoff spot. Do you just shut it down? I mean, sure, the Canucks are going to feel like they were shafted, but... When are you going to fit in 10 games? 10 games? That's almost a fifth of the season. There's not, I, I don't know. I mean, do you call up the entire AHL roster just to put a team out there? Or, I mean, their hands are kind of tied right now, and it's not looking good for them. I feel like it's probably going to come down to them shutting down the season because there's no way that you can fit in those 10 games. No way. I, I honestly think there's just there's more... It has more effect on the teams they had games against than it does exactly. on themselves. Mm-hmm. Because then you're going to have to get into like that, I believe, what is it, win percentage is the... Yeah. How they decided they were going with the second category. Yep. And so that like, that can start to get hinky. Because how, like, who... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick looky-loo here and see who they had games left against. So, and I mean, I just... I don't know. 18 losses, three overtime losses, 35 points. And see if you a search here, Justin, you can verify from right. But Monday, they're scheduled to play the Oilers back-to-back. They have the least back-to-back. Sends for a four-game set after that. They have the least for another back-to-back. The Oilers back-to-back. And then the Flames to end the season. So, that- I mean, Tor- Toronto and Edmonton are going to lose four games each almost which can affect 
the placement of the North Division, which is a big deal. Because well, I mean, it, yeah, it's a big swing in points, especially with Winnipeg and Edmonton being tied as far as points go. Yeah, and right now, if not, you shouldn't. I don't think it really matters where you seed, or maybe it does. But like, if I'm Toronto, I probably want to play. Well, maybe not because Montreal plays them good. But maybe I want to play Montreal over the Oilers and Jets. You know, I'd rather the Jets and Oilers beat the shit out of each other for two games. Okay, then Toronto play whoever that comes out of that scrap in the second round. But not saying Toronto's going to be a walk against Montreal, even though they did just go into Winnipeg and beat them twice. Winnipeg's a scary fucking hockey team. I'm more, if you're a Toronto fan, you got to be more scared of the Jets, in my opinion. Sorry to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Once you get through those two guys, Toronto's already proved this year that if you keep those two guys off the score sheet, you're going to destroy them. That's already been proven. And that's the most expert knowledge, or least expert knowledge, sorry, that I will give you here today. Next to maybe my Patrick Marlowe trade that I've already been chirped for. Uh, but I hope you get roasted outside of this show for that take. That was brutal. That uh, was one of the worst. Seventh round pick, man. I'm trading that guy, getting that boy a cop, putting him on the taxi squad. I really don't give a shit. But then he can't get his first first game, first uh, games played of all time. So you're kind of taking that away from him too. But nonetheless, back on point, the Canucks, why don't the league just say fuck it and call up the AHL team? Why isn't that in place? Hey, guess what? Your team is sick. Sorry, that absolutely sucks. I feel very bad. That's scary shit. I could. Then imagine. what about the AHL schedule? Then you call up the ECHL roster, and then you go, oh, okay, ECHL team, you're you're boned. Sucks, suck. Well, and that's just it. Like maybe it's the support staff that's sick, so the team doesn't have anyone to get their equipment, or what are they going to show up with their jerseys written in, uh, names written in marker on the back of their jerseys, like? <laughs> get those get those crayon jerseys that we had back in Timbit. Yeah, Vancouver Canucks, uh, fucking Ricky and uh, Julian. They got bubbles in that out there. <laughs> open tryouts. I'll fucking try out. I'll get my 213-pound out of shape frame out there and play. Hey, my men's league season paused. That's fuck. I'll go out there and fly out there and play a couple games for the Knucks. One-on-one against Austin Matthews. Absolutely. Sign me up. What the fuck's a tree out? <laughs> 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 Jokes aside, though, I don't. I, they're not going to play within the next week. They might not even Step play. Step right up. Come on out and try for the Vancouver Canucks. There's just a guy walking down the street with a sign. They're that desperate at this point. Yeah, literally. Patrick, Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, ba- <laughs> breaking news. Patrick Marlowe <laughs> to the Vancouver Canucks. Has been traded for a seventh conditional seventh-round pick. Yeah. The and condition then- is if Patrick Marlowe even sniffs the ice in the arena, that pick does go over, but signs are looking like that pick is going to stay with the Canucks. <laughs> Nonetheless, the Canucks, I think it's almost fair to say, fellas, that if, if matters progress for another two weeks, another two weeks, another 14 days, so if we're sitting here on April 19th and we're still having a conversation, I think it's time we pull the plug on Vancouver Canucks for the remainder of the season. And you have to have makeup games somehow for Toronto Edmonton, I don't know how you do that. You can't. I really don't think you can. Actually, Give them all wins. They all win. Vancouver lost. They're out. They're done for. They lost every game on the way out. I like that. That's well, great. I mean, you, you could just do that. That's forfeit win. It sucks, but you got to get credit if the teams can play and then they can't. That was the COVID risk. There was the spread. It happened. But then that would, I mean, if you give Vancouver that many losses, it also helps them in terms of their draft position. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck, I don't know. How many points do you think Patrick Marlowe has this season? <laughs> Seven. Uh, top of my head, I'm going to say he has 13 points. 
37, 37 games. Do you guys want to change your answers at all after knowing that? No, I'm saying seven uh, total actually, points. What? I'll uh, 37 games. Fuck it. I'll say seven. I'll say seven. Seven points. What do you mean? You can't both say seven. Whatever. You're both wrong. Eight, eight points. Eight points. Well, Dave, you should have went the other way because it's actually six points. Two goals, four assists, and Fuck 37 that. games. What's his plus minus right now? Minus three. Fuck yeah. What's his average time on ice? Is that a stat we can look up? My I'm guess. not looking at it right now, but I'm sure it's probably three minutes and change because that guy can't skate Total. anymore. Total <laughs> three minutes and change. And that <laughs> yeah. A net to the bench. Isn't he close to seven, like 1,200 points or something like that too? I think he's pretty 1194. Bet oh, you he does. I bet you he doesn't get six more points this season. Uh, I bet you he doesn't. Oh, get there. Come on. Fucking get there. He's not going to. Like no one, no one wants to tee him up with just a couple assists for fuck's sake. Man, six guy to play with Austin Matthews. He'll get some points. I'm just kidding. He, he's averaging 13.20 time on ice. Oh, that's not that's good. actually quite a bit of time. That's a lot more than I expected. Yeah, I didn't know 80 year olds could go for that long in a pro league, but good for him. Oh God, former Leaf legend Patrick Marlowe. No, Leaf. don't. Categorize him as like Jason Spezza. Oh, yeah, you, you apologize to Mr. Spezza right now. Uh, I'm Mr. Vintage is actually his name. Actually, he's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Finally made it to the real Ontario team to take care of business. Oh, <laughs> uh, day uh, Danny Heatley, 1507, but 1507. I think Spezza was on that team at that time. Must have been. Uh, yeah, I think Spezza was on every every Ottawa team that you remember. <laughs> okay, good. All right, I better not sound like too much of an idiot, but if I do, then. Oh, well, that happens. I, I get used to that. You already suggested Patrick Marlowe to the Leafs. Can't get worse. Hey, seventh round pick. Come on now. That's fucking absolutely. Yeah, why don't we see what Alfie's doing? See if he wants to come back, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> Matt Sundin will be the power skating coach. And, yes, yeah, Spencer was there, just so everyone knows. And that I, I looked at that up while I quickly could. Fellas, we went a little extra here. Going to my last recap topic before I uh, let you both go. Uh, what I wanted to bring up was the Gem Local, of course, on every edition that we have on the Game Sports Show. Obviously, it's been a lot of changes with the Game Sports Show. This year, we were supposed to announce a lot of exciting things that got halted because of that thing called COVID-19. And we couldn't be involved as much as we wanted to because of no sports going on locally in the community here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, anyways. Scott Nason did a fantastic job. Uh, of course, the sports are still going on in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan and throughout the United States. Heck, the Texas Rangers had a full ball field today uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays game uh, with the Texas Rangers and the Jays. So the, the United States have that going for them. Right now in Canada, we're still halted. We obviously had some cancellation for some sports this summer. The Sioux Steelers, which is football, kind of giving a little plug to in the pocket here, have been canceled for, the, for this uh, upcoming season as well. And uh, football in general. Uh, has been canceled so we we don't have the luxury of having that a lot of that coverage that we usually have but we try to give the gem local coverage as much as we can and we gave a lot of love to lssu lakers who uh, made the ncaa tournament of course losing they had a great season though we've had that discussion uh, but I wanted to give something towards the Ontario Hockey League right now because on every show, as I mentioned, we try to bring up everything local as best that we can, especially during COVID. But we can't wait to be back to normality so we can have that extra coverage that we plan here on the Game Entertainment Media and the Game Sports Show. But I want to mention what the OHL, of course, with lockdown 3.0 already occurring in Ontario. If you're outside of Ontario, well, you don't have the luxury of being inside yet another lockdown uh, for what's going on here in Ontario. But nonetheless, 
the the OHL obviously uh, the last article update that I've really saw and uh, really paid attention to from an extent was March 15th. It uh, seems like that the Ontario Hockey League, when they're planning to have hub cities or get something going, it seems like given this lockdown right now that the odds of having an Ontario Hockey League season are z- none to zero <laughs> are the points I want to give. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Maybe something works out where they just have a playoff kind of a bracket tournament. Every team gets in and they have a bracket and they all go for a championship in a hub city. We said that on numerous shows of this that maybe that'd be a good idea that the OHL gets creative, has their own little league. And kind of not their own little league, but their own little tournament just to have the players play out there last year or at least maybe allow a one year temporary extension, allow some of the overage players to have the opportunity to have that year that they have missed out on in the Ontario Hockey League. But again, it's all 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 kind of spitter that I'm getting right now and just mentioning absolute nonsense. So just have an open mind, Ontario Hockey League, that hopefully they can have something. But speaking of open mind got to maybe come to the realization that we might be not having a season given the lockdown that's currently in place as it might be next to impossible to get it all arranged. So that's going to be the gem local roundup very quickly here of sorts by yours truly, David McCaig, top shelf edition presented by North Spirit Brewing Company. Fellas, do you have any final points you want to bring up before we close out the show? Alex? Uh, just a quick shout out, Ryan O'Rourke. He's playing for the Iowa Wild. And I think since the last time we talked, he managed to tally his first goal in a two-point night, earned the third star in a team win. Uh, 19 games, six points, minus three. Not bad at 18 years old in the AHL. Very good shutout. Very nice, Alex. Well done. Well said. Justin? Yeah, I don't uh, really have a whole lot more. I mean, I'm um, hoping okay. maybe Galchenyuk gets another goal tonight. But uh, Oh, yeah. Nonetheless, it's a very exciting time to be able to still watch hockey, especially if you're a Leaf fan. Any Canucks fans, anyone in Vancouver, we definitely wish you the best. And through this, this is definitely unbelievable what's going on worldwide. It's been over well over a year now, and it's uh, it's been kind of well, it's just over a year to stay here, kind of on the North America side. But it's been known for a long, like for a bit longer than that. And it's been certainly a a ride, if you will, in terms of kind of normality and the world kind of shaking. If you have the chance to get vaccinated, I'm not going to sit here and get political. You have your own choice. But if you can get vaccinated, please do get vaccinated. I had the luxury of getting vaccinated, luckily, before my way out of the hospital, uh, before going into my new full-time position. So if you have the chance to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get it done. Alex, thank you very much. Justin, thank you very much. Listeners, Thank you very much. Hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms of the Game Sports Show. And also make sure to check out our website, thegamesportshow.com, and get directed to all of our recent uploads. This is David McCaig. Again, thank you to the boys that had the opportunity to join me here tonight for another edition of Top Shelf. We have more content coming this week, so keep an eye on the uploads that we have. And I'm here to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.